Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 65, verse 17 through 25, Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 19 through 26, the gospel according to Luke, chapter 24, verse 1 through 12, and Psalm 118, verse 1 through 2, and verse 14 through 24. March 13th, 2020, we got together uh, in the offices here and we made the decision to close the doors of the church for three weeks. It was during Lent. And I remember one of the people on the team that made that decision said, as we were leaving, kind of said to me, it's going to be longer than three weeks. And I was like, okay, (laughs) sure, great. And I started to think, well, three weeks is going to be like Palm Sunday. We can't do this. We can't do this. We can't not be together for Palm Sunday. But then I thought, that's okay. Our first Sunday back could be Easter. And I had this vision. I had this vision of us all getting together of a, of a church filled with people like we're accustomed and singing and shaking hands and hugging and and all these things at the top of our lungs and just enjoying ourselves. And guess what? It took two years, but we did it. We're here together in this way. It is, it's, it's, you know, it's worth it. This church has been a source of strength for so many of us has helped so many of us through very difficult times. We have not been able to be together the way that we wanted to, but we have found ways to connect, to know that we matter to each other, and to make a difference in each other's lives. I speak from personal experience. I don't know what the last two years would have been like without the love and care of the people that are now assembled in this space. And at the same time, we know that it's not quite the way we've wanted it to be, and it's been so difficult. We've had our hearts broken. Many of us have experienced such loss and pain, and we've had our hearts broken. And the idea of us getting to be together, we don't, well, first of all, we don't take it for granted anymore. If you ever took it for granted, we're done taking it for granted. Being in a space with each other and exchanging smiles and hugs and saying, I love you, to a person's face and not to a Zoom camera, is so, it just feels different, and we're so grateful for it. But we also know because of the loss that we've experienced, we know how hard it can be to hope. We know that we can be crushed sometimes and hope is so difficult for us. I believe that when the, um, when the 11, as it says, disciples hear the news of Jesus' resurrection from the women who are at the grave, their reticence at first speaks at least a little bit to the fact that they've had their hearts broken and they're not ready to hope again. That being said, the women did see it, and they did say it. And I know when we hear this story of the women witnessing the empty tomb and then telling the men and the men don't believe them, all of the men in this room are like, how could the men not believe what the women saw? And all the women in the room are like, right. (laughs) Gee, I have no idea how that would happen. Wait, women experienced something and talked about it? And the men in their lives didn't believe them? Hold on, this doesn't make any sense. No, I, you all know that this is, uh, it's good to see that it's been going on for thousands of years. I do believe that the men's hearts are broken 
but so are the women's. All the people who love Jesus, their hearts are broken and they're not ready yet to embrace hope. But the women have seen something and they have to share it. And they go to the people they're closest with, the, the other disciples, and they tell them, and the men say, it says the men thought it was idle talk, which is to say they thought it was just eh, gossip or some kind of talk that, you know, it was nonsense. It didn't make sense. And it makes me think, who am I not willing to listen to? Who am I not willing to be influenced by, to be transformed by? Who comes to me and speaks truth to me and I'm not ready to hear it? I'm a very cynical person. You don't know that because I get up here and talk about love, which I believe in. But the power of love is something that has overcome me and has to, the power of love has to fight daily with my cynicism. So for instance, you know how you'll meet people who like have kids or maybe they're a teacher and they teach kids and they go like, man, those kids teach me more than I'll ever teach them. I'm like, well, that's not true. You taught them math. You're way smarter. I get really cynical about this idea because I'm up here in my head thinking you have a set of information that you are imparting to these people. What I forget, and what I forget is how much we learn, how much we learn from people, not just sets of data, but what we learn from people by simply sharing life with them. Other than the names of dinosaurs, my eight-year-old son has taught me nothing. And like any, any good, uh, uh, like I was when I was in school, I have promptly forgotten all the names of dinosaurs. Unless they were in the Jurassic Park movie, I still remember those. Except, he needs me to slow down sometimes and listen to him. I don't like to slow down. I want to go. He doesn't say, uh, Father, I need you to slow down uh, because you're moving at a pace that I can't handle and I need to, you to work with me in a different way. That doesn't happen. But I love him. And so I'm learning how to slow down and listen differently. I'm learning because I'm willing to listen differently and listen to someone that I wasn't ready to learn from before. Who do we assume we know all about and we don't need to learn from? Who are we not listening to? And I don't just mean listening to the words they have to say, although that is part of it. I also mean who could be transforming our lives for love if only we'd let them. If the male disciples had just believed what the female disciples had said, their lives would have been transformed that much sooner if they could have just heard it. Oh, and by the way, their lack of belief didn't make Jesus any less alive. Jesus wasn't waiting for the men to figure it out. And then he's like, oh, see, now you believe, now it's real. I want to remind us all, Jesus isn't like Tinkerbell who needs us to believe for him to come back from the dead. Whether we get it or not, whether we believe it or not, this is a reality. 
which is that love has conquered death, that Christ is risen, and that all of the things that assail us and all of the things that hold us back from experiencing love, from giving love and receiving love, all of those things are being put to death by the God of love who has made this world, who has redeemed this world, and who is bringing this world into right relationship with one another and with God. We know how to look at someone and ignore them. We know how to nod our heads and not be changed by the people right in front of us. But they're speaking truth that can change our lives. This church, over the last few years, has been undertaking this work. It's part of a larger church effort in the Episcopal Church called Becoming Beloved Community. It's a long-term commitment to racial justice, healing, and reconciliation. And throughout, especially this Lent, we've been talking a lot about this, although we've talked about it throughout the past few years, but especially we've been talking about what it means for us to listen to voices we had not paid attention to before. To listen to the voices of our African-American siblings, which for a predominantly and historically white church, that's new for us. We just haven't done it. And the reality is their truth hasn't been less true just because we weren't listening. We have had a more narrow experience of God's love. When we look at someone and ignore them or don't look at them at all, our experience of God is smaller. When we are willing to look at someone and believe that they may be a carrier of the gospel, that when you meet someone, anyone, God is present within them and they have something of the good news of your belovedness within them and they want to give it to you, are you going to hear it? Will you listen? Oh, but there's more. Obviously, I'm, I've just given you some homework. But I also want to remind us something about ourselves. Whether or not the men believed the women in this story, the women had experienced something immensely powerful. They had experienced the love of God. And they did not allow someone's disbelief to change what they had experienced. My friends, you in this room have experienced God's love. You have experienced miracle. You have experienced transformation in your heart and in your life that makes you believe in hope even when things are dark, that makes you believe that your life is something, is worth something, that your heart is good that you have love to give and that you are able to receive love. This is true about you and it doesn't always feel true. The world doesn't always receive it. But if we take seriously the witness of the women in this story, if we take them seriously, we won't just listen to others. We will also be honest about our own experience of God. We... Episcopalians, most of us, 
we do love church, and we do love being together, we do love communion, and we do love eating. Talking about our feelings and about our spiritual experiences, can we do that not at all, maybe? Like we're, you know, like in a very quiet room with two people or something, just actually, no, never mind, not even that. Let's, you know, come on. We're scared of being, sounding crazy. We're scared of what people will think. We're scared of what it will sound like. We're scared of not being believed. The power of the women in the story is not just what they saw, but that they were strong enough to speak up and speak the truth of how they'd seen God in this world, living and active and powerful. They'd seen it even when they weren't sure what people would think about it. So yes, we can listen and we can be transformed by others. But also, this Easter, I ask you to trust in what you've experienced as well. Trust that the love that you have felt is real. Trust that the hope you have experienced is true. Trust that the love that you share with God however inexplicable it may feel, is a very real and true and powerful part of your life. Jesus is alive. He is risen. And he is working in our lives today, whether we see it or not. But I say let's see it. Let's see it. Amen.